Welcome to the Evolved Athlete Podcast, where the best in the business bring you the best in fitness, nutrition, wellness, and overall, making you the best athlete of all time. We're host Coach P and his fellow coaches, Kayla, Destiny, Jen, and Ian, take you on a path to greatness. Let's get on with our guest and let's have a great time. Let's roll. All right, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of the Evolved Athlete Podcast. We are continuing our leadership series, going over how fitness CEOs and other coaches can do their best to lead their own teams when it comes to helping others in the health and fitness industry. And we started the first part of the series talking about quarterbacks and referees and what happens when the more and more you get into your business and you start to become more of a referee managing and micro, you know, putting things into place as far as losing purpose um, and potentially losing the overall effect that you have on actually connecting with people and driving your vision, whereas a quarterback is the one who's leading the way, who is pointing into the direction of which you want your company to go, constantly overcoming challenges and taking risks to ultimately create not only the best product to give to others, but to lead people in a great direction. And so the second part of this series now is going over what's called three buckets. And three buckets relates to everything that happens to a leader falls into one of three buckets. What is in their control, what is out of their control, or what is within their influence. Healthy, life-giving leaders effectively place each experience in the correct bucket and act accordingly. They initiate, they trust, or they respond. And this is really, really important for leaders to understand this so that they can do their absolute best to continue to lead the way, but also influence their own teams in a positive way so that they will continue to feel fulfilled as they are doing their absolute best and not only connecting with their leader, but being able to give back to their own fitness communities or, or whichever business communities that they're leading at that time. So I'm going to give you a little example here from Dr. Tim Elmore of an example that he uses from his own personal uh, experience in leadership to illustrate this fact. So from Tim Elmore, when I was 19 years old, I began my career of teaching and mentoring high school students. My heart was in the right place. I didn't know much, but I was sure I had the right motives. I wanted to help kids. I didn't have a lot of wisdom or experience, but I had lots of passion. I began by leading a youth group with three students, Ralph, Becky, and Keith. I served as a part-time youth worker while I worked on my bachelor's degree. When I finished four years later, the group had grown to 60 students each week. We had made some progress. At that point, I moved to San Diego, California to join the staff of Dr. John C. Maxwell. While I was still teaching students, I began to realize and recognize the importance of leadership development. I started to invest time into training student leaders and saw our department increase from an average of 60 students each week to an average of 600 young adults in two classes each week. It was fun to see that growth, but something else happened for which I was not prepared. I became more controlling. The evolution of my demeanor and my motives were subtle but real. At first, I trusted my staff and volunteers entirely with everything. I had to because I was young and had nothing else to go on except trust and hope. As time marched on, however, I slowly drifted into wanting to control our program and all the results. Unwittingly, I tried to control the inputs and the outcomes. Success can be addictive. I sought to engineer every minute of our meetings to command every line of our budget and to force project. After all, I was the leader. One afternoon, one of the kindest, most respectful college students in our department sat in my office and said to me, you know, I love our department, but it seems like you're trying to control everything. Like many others, this young woman was suffocating under my controlling leadership style. She then asked me, have you observed this too? I had not. In fact, I was offended. It wasn't until later that I gained perspective about what this student had recognized. It wasn't that I was a bad person. I wasn't robbing banks or embezzling 
lying or even lying or cheating. I simply had confused my role as a leader. I wanted to control events, people, and consequences to do a good job. And so this is really, really important lesson to understand from Dr. Tim Elmore as we apply more and more and more control over things and are we try to force our influence over others is when things can go wrong we we lack of giving these individuals who are following us that autonomy, that freedom to grow and to be challenged and to problem solve on their own. Rather, we try to micromanage and tell exactly what they want to do. And rather than leading the way by being down there in the trenches with them, we become more commanding from a high a high aspect of a pedestal or a podium, which in my own personal opinion is not the best way to lead. So let us understand what the three buckets are in greater detail. And from what we learned from the season of life, that was a good example from Dr. Tim Elmore, it is believed that every experience will have leading others falls into one of three buckets. Each of these buckets represents a paradigm requiring a very different action on the leader's part. It is what is in my control, what is out of my control, and what is within my influence. The key to a healthy life is to place each experience in the proper bucket and to respond differently depending on where each experience is placed. Trouble arises when we mishandle our buckets, you all. Power is a strange thing, but when we serve well, we tend to accrue it as a byproduct. Eventually, however, we shift our pursuit. We bypass the essential acts of service and begin yearning directly for power. It's so easy to do. We see it on Wall Street and in Washington, D.C. We see it in youth sports leagues, nonprofit organizations. We see it in corporate America. We see it in even our homes and our families. You know, we see this happen on social media as well oftentimes when it comes to businesses that speak that start out being little mom and pop fitness shops for helping people that turn into massive fitness organizations like V Shred and uh, other types of, you know, and end up being cookie cutter types of things that control absolutely everything and reduce overall autonomy and creativity of the coaches, which can create a really, really poor atmosphere for not only creativity, but also for a chance to grow as coaches and to grow um, as individuals within a company. However, in addition to this, problems arise when we do not understand what is in our control, what is out of our control, and what is within our influence. When we assess our situations wrong, when we place them in the wrong bucket, it can lead to conflict, distrust, stalls, and turmoil. The secret to good leadership, y'all, is to place every situation in the right context or bucket. Items placed in the wrong bucket will prevent us from being life-giving leaders and can lead to an obsession with power and control. You know, a great quote from British historian Lord Acton said, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. His axiom has been vividly displayed over the course of many psychological studies over the years. Most memorably was the 1971 Stanford Prison Experiment. During this experiment, one group of students were arbitrarily assigned to serve as prison guards over another group of students and began to abuse their prisoners. The experiment had to be terminated once the guards took things too far. The power to control others was intoxicating, and we can see this happen in so many instances across all aspects of life. Placing our experiences in the right buckets and responding well is the absolute key to becoming better life-giving leaders when we are leading our fitness companies, when we are playing our roles as no matter what leader we are within a company to do our absolute best for those whom we are leading. Um, When it comes to 
each bucket, let's go into more detail as far as what our intended role should be and how we can exemplify this the absolute best when we are being leaders. And let's start with bucket number one. Bucket number one, once again, is it is in my control and I must initiate. Our response should be to take responsibility. If something is in your control, you have to resist the temptation to avoid action or find a scapegoat to blame when things go wrong. Leaders always work in partnership with others, which means we have a role to play. We must avoid making excuses or blaming others for our mistakes. We must initiate, take proper responsibility, and own it. It's up to us to lead the way. Examples of this may be from the effort you put into a task, your attitude, and the words you speak. You know, uh, Jocko Willing talks about this in his TED Talk, his famous TED Talk, uh, Extreme Ownership, and how when something went wrong on the battlefield, every single member of his team tried to take the responsibility for it. But at the end of the day, Jocko Willing himself, who was the head of this team, was the one that said, no, it is my fault. It is my overall ownership. I'm the leader. It all comes down on me. It was my overall course of action and plan that I put into place. It is my absolute fault and I accept the full responsibility. Taking that extreme ownership over so many things, not only as a leader, but as an individual in life, gives you that integrity, gives you that humility, that that extreme ownership and allows others to actually connect with you better and see that you're an honest individual um, and will actually follow you more intently and more heartily than if you were someone who constantly blamed uh, mistakes or issues that occurred on other people. Always, always important to take extreme ownership when you are a leader, especially when you're leading others and trying to inspire, uh, inspire others to follow your path when it comes to the leading that you're doing within your own company. Bucket number two, is it is out of my control and I must trust. Our response in these circumstances is to trust. We can't force others to follow and obey us. We can't conjure up money or change the weather. We are not miracle workers. We must trust the process we are in and the people we have around us. We must not manipulate, intimidate, or dominate. In this case, we must remain committed to separate responsibility from control. Examples of this may be conditions in which you work, others people's attitudes, and perhaps even sustaining personal injuries. And this is something that, you know, it was really funny. We just had a uh, the College of Health Sciences convocation the other day, and the, the the dean of health sciences, a great great individual, and wonderful mentor that I'm learning from, um, Dean Check, brought his 99 year old aunt into the convocation and went over the 10 uh, major lessons that she's learned from life throughout her 99 years of life. And one of those things was stop worrying. Worrying being a absolute wasted emotion. Now, although it might take extreme effort to be able to learn how to control anxiety and to control these aspects of worrying, it really is a useless uh, emotion. When we worry, we're worrying about something that might not even be true. We often conjure up the, our own monsters um, that lead us to anxiety when we overthink and we overproject and we, we constantly worry all of the time. Um, if it is out of our control, there is no reason to worry. As long as we are doing what we need to do um, and are making the best calculated choices, then worrying is simply a waste of time when rather we need to look at each situation intelligently, look at each situation logically and do what we absolutely can that's within our control to make the best decision. And when the result occurs, then that's when we make the next best choice from there and constantly making the best choices going forward each and every step of the way of the decision-making process. And I think this is super, super important for leaders to understand that we, we can only control what we can control and that is it. And 
and making sure that we do our absolute best and putting our control where it belongs on ourselves and how we're leading ourselves. You know, oftentimes leaders, you know, look outward as far as the reasons for what things are going on, but rather we should be looking inwards. What, what am I not doing well as a leader within my own company or within my team to be the absolute best, to, in, to inspire others to follow me, to, you know, try to get people to, you know, live better lives or to do better for our company. Maybe it's, it's a self-reflection on myself that we need to, that we need to become more clear in order to get the best out of our teams. And I think that is super, super important uh, and one of my top buckets out of these three. The third bucket is, it is within my influence and I must respond wisely. Our response to this third bucket requires absolute wisdom. It is a mixture of the first two buckets. We can't control the situation, but we can influence it. We can't force others to respond the way we want them to, to give or to volunteer, but we can challenge them. We can't make people love us, but we can love them first and seek their response. Leadership is a dance. We lead, but they move too. It's a volley. We can serve the ball, but they must volley back. And so I absolutely, you know, and love with this as well. I've been, you've had the fortunate experience of having leaders that go above and beyond for the teams that they lead, both in private enterprise and within the university setting. I have been blessed to have those types of leaders who are compassionate, who lead through encouraging of the heart, who, you know, do their best through servant style leadership. And, you know, servant style leadership being the type of leadership where you really go out of your way for others. You, you encourage others, you inspire others, you, you do your best to, you know, build others up, never build them down. You are always right there in the trenches with them and teaching them and loving them and giving them what they need to grow. And I think it's the absolute best style of leadership um, to which has inspired me to become a relational leader in every aspect of my own professional career, whether it's when I'm in the classroom teaching my students, whether it's when I'm coaching um, my athletes in private enterprise, no matter what it is, it's always making sure that I'm putting that person first and that I'm doing my absolute best to build them up in every situation. And I think that's very, very important um, as leaders to do. And you can see across the most successful companies out there in the world um, are usually headed by those types of individuals who, who are servant style leaders um, who do their absolute best to take care of those who, who work for them and who, who carry out their, their mission and purpose. <laughs> And so we have to see that many leaders um, enter each day carrying only their favorite bucket. And we have to make sure that we attempt to approach each person in context the same way. Some carry bucket number one because they have control issues, while others carry bucket two because they have trust issues. And you get the idea. So we need to be, you know, important. Uh, we need to be more mindful as leaders to do our absolute best when it comes to making sure that we are attending to all three buckets. And so it becomes super, super important. Dr. Tim Elmore has another example where he talks about a particular case study with Richard Nixon and the Watergate scandal, um, which happened in the early 1970s, where President Richard Nixon was running for re-election and a committee to put him back in office overstepped legal boundaries. And while Nixon was a strong leader in many ways, this scandal is a tragic case study of the leader who mishandled those three brackets, both being the break-in, the cover-up, and the ultimate, ultimate reveal um, that happened when it came to the conversation that Nixon had 
during the Watergate scandal. And so it becomes super important to understand what he did wrong during those three buckets. And so let's go through each one and analyze here, you know, how this great leader potentially did wrong with the buckets and had he approached it differently could have been very, very different. And so to illustrate bucket number one, we're going to talk about the break-in in which in May 1972, the members of President Nixon's committee to reelect the president broke into the Democratic National Committee's Watergate headquarters. They stole top secret documents and tapped the phones. President Nixon remained so unaware of the details of the break-in on purpose to avoid potential ties. However, he did know what was happening, and this is the biggest issue. Instead of ensuring actions were legal and moral, he remained idle and ignored the illegal activity, um, which falls under our bucket number issues with bucket number one. They, to illustrate the second uh, bucket, he this is where we can illustrate the cover-up. Once investigative reporters started following the money in this case, they discovered what occurred in published it in the Pulitzer Prize-winning book, All the President's Men. When questioned, President Nixon's staff began to reveal who was involved, including the White House. However, President Nixon delivered a speech in which he swore his staff was not involved in the break-in, whereas most voters believed him in November 1972, he was re-elected in landslide victory. But of course, later during congressional hearings, it became clear that the president had lied, and he tried to control the consequences, and it was all ended up being a conspiracy and a cover-up, once again illustrating that he handled bucket number two very incorrectly. And then finally, bucket number three was the absolute reveal. When the Congressional Committee asked for recordings of Nixon's conversations, he refused to release them. Later, when the Supreme Court demanded he turn them over, the truth came out. The president had known about the crime all along, and sadly, instead of using his influence well, he claimed he was not a crook and denied taking responsibility for his actions. It was in August 1974, after his role in the conspiracy was clear, and Nixon finally resigned. The resolution took this long, however, because Nixon abused his position and influence to dissuade the public. The scandal changed American politics forever, leading many Americans to question their leaders and think more critically about the presidency, ultimately getting bucket number three wrong. And I think getting bucket number three wrong can be one of the most... Uh, most hurtful and harmful to someone's overall connection with their leader, to someone's overall trust of their leader. And when you lack that trust for your leader, you don't want to follow them. You you no longer support their vision. It becomes folly. It makes you question what it is that you believed in in the first place when you follow that individual. And this is one of the biggest, biggest mistakes that leaders can make within their companies um, that they are leading when they are leading other people. And it becomes super, super important. You can even relate this into being, you know, coaches oftentimes when you're leading your own clients, when you're leading your own people. Um, it becomes super, super important to always maintain that integrity, to always have extreme ownership, to never try to cover things up, to be completely straight up. Um, if you did something wrong, then that will always ensure that you, you know, keep that integrity and, and keep the overall relationship with the individuals that you, whom you're working with and whom you're leading. Um, <clears throat> And so science really confirms this aspect when it comes to power, you all. You know, recent studies from UC Berkeley on the science of power confirm the truth of how crucial it is for leaders to manage their buckets correctly because these studies show that power is wielded most effectively when used responsibly by people who are engaged with the needs of others, hence back going back to that servant-style leadership. Years of research confirm that empathy and social intelligence are vastly more important than acquiring power through manipulation, intimidation, 
or deception. Sadly, these studies also show that once people obtain this power, they are more likely to act selfishly. The fact is, a study from 2012 found that the power doesn't corrupt, but it does heighten pre-existing ethical tendencies. It's people who end up being deemed as what we know as control freaks become more uh, become power causes us to become more aware of who we already are. And in the end, control is not the true purpose of leadership. As life-giving leaders, influence grows only when they focus on solving problems and serving people. We must draw lines in the sand and commit to never pursuing power or control. Influential leadership is always a byproduct of handling our three buckets well as we serve others others. And so what I want to leave you all with, all of my fitness coaches, all of my fitness CEOs, all of my individuals who are leading their own businesses in the business industry world or whom listening to this podcast, I want to challenge you to reflect and respond. Which of the three buckets do you see others most often mishandle? And why do you believe leaders struggle to manage those three buckets? You know, bring attention to your own thoughts and opinions on this matter so that then you can do a big step in this process, which is assessing yourself. Look inside yourself. In what area of your leadership would others say you are controlling? Where do you need to change? Where do you need to loosen up the reins? Where do you need to let people become more autonomous, more creative? Where do you need to let people have more of a say, more to feel like they are appreciated as individuals? Then in what area of your leadership would others say you're quick to blame others for your mistake? Where do you lack the ability to take extreme ownership? Where are you not putting the effort into seeing how most of the results or most of the demeanors, most of the directions is a byproduct of you, which becomes super, super important for making sure that you are doing your absolute best and taking that ownership rather than blaming others. Keeping that integrity and honesty is going to be paramount when it comes to building the trust of others. And finally, in what area of your leadership have you failed to influence wisely? You know, are you, are you leading well? Are you serving well? Are you being honest and trustworthy? Are, are you leading from, uh, from the front of the line by marching forward into the trenches yourself? Or are you the one upstairs commanding from a microphone? It becomes super, super important to making sure that you're doing your absolute best. So what I would like you to do is... Put two columns down on a piece of paper, one that says wrong buckets and one that says right buckets, and circle the most accurate response that relates to you. In the column to the left on wrong buckets, we have things such as I pursue control over people, I utilize manipulation and power, I enforce policies, and I am cowardly in difficult times. Whereas in the second column in the right buckets, we have I pursue connection with people, I leverage mission and passion, I empower people, and I am courageous in difficult times. This becomes super, super important to become more aware of what might be going on in your own style of leadership and how you can improve to become the absolute best in this area. So I would like you to try and practice this principle this week when you are leading others throughout your businesses, consciously make the following shifts as you influence people. Don't think control, think connect. Don't leverage positional power, leverage personal power. Build people up. Don't ask what can I gain, instead what can I give. Don't pursue rights, pursue responsibilities. Don't fight for turf, 
Fight for trust and don't lead by telling, lead by asking. After practicing these mind shift shifts this week, y'all, how do you approach life and leadership change? And make sure that you are taking note of these changes as you are making them in your lifestyle and make an effort for yourself to engage with those that you're leading. Make an effort for yourself to serve those who are you leading. To, to live is to serve, in my opinion. If you want to make sure that you're getting the absolute best out of those who you are trying to lead to better places, whether it's in your business, whether it's being a coach for someone that you're changing a health and fitness lifestyle, whether it's leading students in the class, what are you doing to making sure that you're ensuring the best results for the product that you are trying to give? And ultimately, it comes down to giving to others, servant-style leaderships. I have, you know, as as I said before, there has been no better experience that I've had than when I have been led by someone with servant-style leadership. Um, And it shows within coaching and within teaching. And it's influenced me as well in my own styles of leadership to making sure that I am always doing my best to pull people up, to bring people up, to making sure that I am demonstrating by working in the trenches with them and rather than commanding, working alongside them and doing our best at work as teams um, rather than shouting orders and rather than taking control and manipulation, doing my best to educate, to learn, to challenge and to grow. And so I want to leave you all with this this week as you are becoming better leaders for yourselves, becoming better leaders for your companies, for your, for, for your fellow coaches um, or for whatever business you might be leading. Take note of these three bucks. You know, assess yourself, how well you are doing in each one as a leader. And you might find that some rudimentary issues that might be occurring within your own companies could be a result of the absence of focus into one of these three areas. And so I want to challenge you all this week to, you know, do some, do some, do some humility practice here and take some notes down, you know, assess yourself of how you might be doing in each of these areas and how you can improve step by step and what actions you can take starting now this week and applying forward next week to potentially improve in these areas. As always, we at Evolve are trying to make everyone who is listening listening to us the absolute best that they can possibly be, whether they are a fitness coach, whether they are a business CEO, whether they are moms and dads leading children, whether they are teachers, whether they are athletes, whether no matter who you are, becoming the absolute best evolved version of yourself. You know, if there was aspects of this podcast that you absolutely love, please go ahead and tag us with this podcast in your Instagram stories or Facebooks or anything on social media and tag us at evolve underscore HP and you would might have the chance to win free coaching. All you got to do is apply to the link down below in the description on this podcast and we will register you and, and, and reach out to you if you potentially want any free coaching from us. This is a great opportunity to, to be with the best in the business as far as coaching fitness coaches and helping others understand how to lead better to uh, to leading others to better lifestyles, to better health, and to ultimately running their awesome businesses as the best fitness coaches of all time. As always, we will be continuing our leadership series in the future. Next week, we'll be focusing on on other aspects of health and wellness. For anything, if other questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to us on all of our social media platforms. We're always here to give you the absolute best. And as always, continue to come back and become the evolved version of yourself. This has been Coach P, and I'll see you in the next one. Coach P's out. If you like today's episode, please be sure to drop a like, share it with all your friends, and give us a great review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to work with the best in the business, please be sure to head over to all of our social media web pages at Evolve Health and Performance. Us at Evolve are trying to make you the best athlete of all time and realize your full potential. Stay tuned for all future episodes where we bring you the best guests and features for everything health, fitness, and wellness. For everything Evolve, stay tuned. Coach P's out.